What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 85 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, Incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by the Robert Gibson to my Ricky Gibson, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. And, of course, we got the ninth wonder, Chocolate Thunder, doing the deed and spreading that seed, the rootin' tootin', skeet shootin', filling up pies with the might of 50 guys, I ain't telling no lies, the phenomenal A.J. Singh. Speaking of pies, I had some pizza today. Pretty good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else going on, guys? <laughs> you have any pies that are interesting? <laughs> I had to take that into a way less interesting direction. <laughs> I always saw people that call like pizza just like pies. Yeah, I always thought that was a weird thing. Yeah, I agree. I do think that is a weird thing. <laughs> um, okay, what did you guys do this week? Uh, been watching Southside that show. It got renewed for a third season. Oh, that's that comedy it's on, on HBO, HBO Max. I saw like the thumbnail for it on HBO. I uh, didn't dive in or anything. But yeah, it's a fun show. It's a fun show. I uh, might have to one day. Yeah, they they kind of start uncovering like a new character in this second season. Uh, he's like a political figure, and he's he's really funny too. So everybody in the show is just funny. Are there any like big name people in that show, or is it kind of more like unknowns? No, they're mostly unknowns. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, like a couple of the people I've seen before in other stuff, but otherwise, I'd say they're mostly unknowns. All right, cool. Anything else? That's it for me. You've been doing a lot of driving this week. A lot, yeah. And what about you over there? Anything? I don't know, man. I um, it's been a haze. I've been working, and then I've been like after school, been working with the kids, teaching them different stuff, and just trying to ke- make sure they're up on their math problems and stuff like that. Boring. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been. It just caught up to me today. I just took a nap. Well, actually, one thing that we all did um, is la- last week we went to an open mic. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, one of your friends uh, frequently like does open mic comedy and wanted us to check it out, so we went. And I, I actually had a pretty good time. I don't know about you guys. I thought it was pretty fun. We might have to do that again. Yeah, I'd like to go out again. Yeah, especially for open mic. I was surprised by how good everybody was. That's true. There was like some surprisingly like good people there. Yeah. Now, I got a question for you guys. I don't want to necessarily put you on the spot or pressure you in anything, but you know, I think it would be kind of fun... If we all just like committed to, to trying it one week, we all come up with three to five minutes of bullshit. We'll probably all bomb horribly, yeah. but I think it would be easier to do it if we like all did it together. Would you guys be up to something like that? I think I could do yeah, it. Yeah, if, if you guys are willing to fail with me, I'd, I'd fail. <laughs> sure. You know we're going to be like the 1 a.m. Oh, totally. Like yeah. We'll be the last people <laughs> on. There'll be like one diehard left in there. <laughs> And we'll probably still bomb <laughs> somehow. <laughs> but I think it would be fun to to try it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. We call this podcast the stand-up guys. And, like, I, I never know what people think of when they see that title. Like, do they assume we do stand-up? Because really, like, when we were thinking for names of the show, like... Like I'll be honest, that wasn't like my first choice, but we got into this podcast game late, so that, like a yeah. lot of the good titles are taken, and like I, that was one I was kind of surprised wasn't taken, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was like funny because it's like an, like an irony title because it's like we're we're 
called the stand-up guys, but we're all kind of pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was my thinking behind it. We just do all these, like, baseless stories, you know. But uh, uh, maybe, just maybe, we'll become shitty open mic com- comedians <laughs> or at least one day. Um, and then we can report back to you guys and, and show you how it went. Um, all right, what else? Oh, so I finished Crash Bandicoot 4. And I gotta say, like, it was really tedious. Like, it kind of surprised me how difficult it was for being, like, a Crash... Because, like, I don't know if you guys ever played the original Crash games, but, like, Crash 1 is, like, tedious and not fun. And then Crash 2 and 3 are pretty good. Like, like they're pretty easy just to beat. And then they give you the option of going back through the levels and, like, getting all the boxes and getting all the gemstones and... And all the relics and stuff. And, and you can get, like, a different ending if you do those. So, like, there's a challenge there if you want it. But pl- just beating the regular g- games is pretty easy. Man, this game, I'm telling you, goes back to, like, Crash 1. And it's just, like, the difficulty ramps up. And it's, like, pretty pretty tedious. Like, I can't really recommend this game. I, th- I think it's more frustrating than it is fun. But you know what surprised me is, like, you know how they have trophies in games? Yeah. Well, PlayStation and Xbox has achievements or whatever. Like, I don't give a shit about them, but, like, every once in a while, I will go look at them just out of curiosity. Because it, it tells, like, you know, of the percentage of people who played this game, how many people got each trophy. So the trophy for beating the last boss and essentially just winning the game regularly, you know, not going back and doing all the really hard stuff, 12.3% of people. So I'm like... Mm-hmm. That is pretty low for just beating the game. Yeah, just dropping off and be like, nah, fuck it. Because I've heard the statistics on like kind of your big open world games of people that actually finish is is pretty small, and that makes sense to me just because like they're huge games, lots of hours that people don't have, so they just kind of play them to the heart's content and then they move on. But a game like this, like I would think that percentage of people just beat it would be higher. But no, like twelve point three percent. I was like, God damn, that's not very much. <laughs> have you heard anything about Elden Ring? So apparently, like I have, it, it's selling like gangbusters. Apparently, it, it's a. It sounds like people like it, but yeah, it's it, it's an open world game. It's like fantasy genre, so you like ride a horse and you fight monsters and things. I'm not even interested in it because like. So there's like these these games that came out like Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and they're just known for being like incredibly Hard, difficult. Yeah. And so this game is kind of in that genre. Mm-hmm. So like it's supposed to be like, you know, the difficulty's hard. This this game they say you can at least like since it's open world, you can kind of like go find lesser creatures and kind of farm and get your XP up. And right, so you can grind it up. You can grind it, and it might be easier. But still, like I'm just like, I'm not looking for something that tediously difficult. Yeah. So it doesn't appeal to me. But yeah, apparently like it's selling very, very well and is a big hit. Yeah, I've heard like 50% of people have beaten the first boss in the game. So like, and then they quit. <laughs> I, I mean, if if only they've gotten that far. I mean, they're probably doing other stuff in the game, you know, like the, the side quests and grinding it out, like you talked about. But I mean, the fact that the first boss in the game, only a few percent of pe- people have beaten that. That's like, you know, they've only scratched the surface. Well, I think a stat came out today that said it sold. It's the highest selling game in the last twelve months, besides Call of Duty, which always does like you know yeah. just the gangbuster numbers. So. 
you know, even the fact that it's like, you know, the second highest game in the last 12 months or whatever, it's still pretty, pretty goddamn good. It looks good. You know, I've watched like game clips. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of gameplay of it and like, yeah, the the world looks cool. Mm-hmm. I just look and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to play it because it, just yeah. looks, it looks more difficult than something. Right. And plus, like, apparently it's a... If you beat it, like, it's insanely long. Yeah. Like, people are putting, like, 100 hours into it or more, you know, things like that. Yeah. There's only one setting for it, so you can't, like, adjust it to make it anything, like, easier. The other thing that I heard that sounds annoying to me, it might not be a big deal, depending, but, like, apparently you can play it, like, co-op with a friend if you want to. But if you're just playing single player, apparently, like, you can't pause the game. And I'm like, that seems annoying as fuck. Like, I imagine there's, like, places you can get to. And you just hide in a cave and be like, ah, time to go take my pee. (laughs) But the fact that, like, yeah, the fact that you like, I want to take a piss, but I leave it here, I might come back, I might be dead because I can't pause. You know, that's that would annoy the shit out of me, personally. Um, So, yeah, finished Crash 4. And then I just watched a couple things. Uh, I watched, there's a, on HBO, there's this uh, Ryan Ryan Reynolds movie called Free Guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is like, <laughs> it, I'll say this: like, if you're just looking for a breezy, like, turn off your brain action movie, you can do a lot worse than this movie. Like, it, it's it's fine. It's not by no means is it essential viewing. Like, the reason I even tried it is because I heard what like when it came out. Like, I think it actually got pretty good reviews. I didn't look up the Rotten Tomatoes or anything, but I think it actually got pretty decent reviews. And like, it's fine. It's fine. But again, not essential. And also probably not essential. I watched a little more of that Pennyworth show about Alfred's (laughs) younger days. And, like, I finished season one. And, like, again, like, so far it's not, like, a terrible show. Um, Although there are a few weird things in it. Um, But, like, was this show necessary? Probably not. Now, I say that, but I might totally contradict myself. Because one thing I found out in this show that I did not know previously is did you guys know that Alfred once snogged the Queen of England? Oh, God. That is true. (laughs) And I didn't know that, so, you know, that's something. It's gross. (laughs) Well, this is uh, back in the day, so when she was young and hot. (laughs) Yeah, but now that I know what she looks like now, it's just... (laughs) Yeah, I actually, on Twitter, like, there was a picture of her, um, because she... You know, she's old and she kind of has, like, a pretty big, like, hunchback. Mm-hmm. And, like, Pat Oswald's brother was like, is the queen out of Pez or whatever? <laughs> the way she was all contorted. It was like a, um, and then I just, uh, I copied and pasted to some uh, Warner Brothers movie news that will affect our reviewing schedule. Um, they, they, they moved back some of their superhero stuff. So, I know this will sadden you guys. Aquaman 2 has been delayed. Um, it went from December of 2022 now into March 17th of 2023. Uh, Black Adam's been delayed from July of 2022 to October of 2022. Uh, the Flash has been delayed from November of 2022 all the way to June 23rd, 2023, which that movie has been delayed so many times. Mm. Like, you should go back and look at the history of that movie. It's so crazy. Oh, this one will sadden you guys too. The DC League of Super Pets um, has been pushed from May twenty uh, May of twenty twenty two to July twenty ninth, twenty twenty two. So just a few months. But I mean, what are they going to get doing in a few months? Is it just like editing issues that they're working on? Or speculation, speculation from a podcast I listen to 
thinks it has something to do with the fact that they're merging with Discovery and like they're getting a new like CEO and all that. Mm. And so they think it has something to do with that, but I that's just kind of speculation. Nobody really knows. Uh Wonka the the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory prequel starring Timothy Chalamet <laughs> has been pushed from March of 2023 to December 15th of 2023. Oh, man, we're going to have to wait so long for Damn. that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how to make millions on LSD. <laughs> now, oddly enough, they did move one movie up. Shazam! Fury of the Gods has been moved from uh, December 16th, or has been moved from... De- to December 16th, 2022, instead of mid-2023, when it was going to come out. And then, uh, this one won't affect us, but it'll affect your youngest son who likes his shark movies. The Meg 2 will premiere on August 4th, 2023, with Jason Jason Statham returning. (laughs) He wanted to watch The Meg, yeah, and uh, it wasn't like on streaming, he had to buy it or something. I was like, "Eh, I'm not buying that piece of shit. (laughs) But like, uh, he ended up like picking some like, some shitty like shark movie on uh on Amazon yeah on Amazon Prime I think I was like yeah fuck it you like Jaws I guess you can watch this and then I was like ten minutes in and some chick was breaking her tits out and I was like nope you can't watch this <laughs> nope sorry that was stupid of me should have thought of that doesn't Jaws have like a really brief like topless scene I don't know is is like the girl in the opening like is she skinny dipping I don't remember it showing. I only saw Jaws once, but I want to say there was like a beach scene or something where a woman was topless, like very briefly. I might be wrong. I'm not sure. I mean, there were a lot of Jaws, so I don't know. I don't remember seeing them, but maybe. (laughs) Gonna need a bigger bra. We just downloaded Jaws 1 and 2, so. Oh, I saw that on the Amazon (laughs) purchase. Yeah, he loves Jaws. I I don't know. Man, yeah, some people, man, they just love those shark movies. I never gave a shit about them. People love them. Um, well, that was all the news or entertainment news I had. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about before we get into the, the heat of the meat? You can get to the heat of the meat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll set this one out. <laughs> all right. So for anyone who hasn't watched uh, or listened, we're going to go around the table. Everyone's going to bring a, a news story uh, to the table, and we'll see if we can't make something funny and or entertaining out of it. And as tradition dictates, AJ, we usually start with you. So what do you got for us? All right. Company wants to pay you 5,000 pounds to sniff your dog's poo for eight weeks. The job role will require the owner to record their dog's experience with their transition from their usual diet to a plant-based diet by noting the color and consistency of each stool their dog produces. We got to get a dog. (laughs) I know, right? 5,000? Jeez. Uh, A plant-based dog food company is looking to pay a dog owner 5,000 pounds to sniff their dog's poo over an eight-week period. Get paid to do what you love. (laughs) Omni, the the dog food brand, wants this successful candidate to record their experience of move, I wouldn't say successful, but uh, of moving their dog to a veterinary formulated plant-based diet, which involves them smelling their dog's poo daily, a possible indicator of digestive health. As well as monitoring stools, the candidate will also be required to monitor their dog's health, energy levels, and behavior. The brand states that it hopes a successful candidate can start as soon as possible on a salary of 2500 per month for the two-month role with the unusual poo-sniffing duty. 
The successful candidate will be paid 2,500 pounds per month for the. T- it just repeats that, as well as for uh, as well as the free two-month supply of plant-based food and the supp- support from a dog nutritionist. The successful candidate will have the option to get discounted products for a year if they want their dog to remain on the diet following completion of the role. Shiv Siva Kumar, dog lover and co-founder of Omni, said, We've had a lot of feedback from dog owners who report that their dog's digestion, energy levels, and general health are all improved once switching to a flexitarian or plant-based diet. Not only that, we are getting feedback that their dog's stools have improved in terms of color, consistency, and smell. So what better way to demonstrate this than being willing to pay a dog owner to sniff their dog's poop once they switch to our brand of dog food? What... Uh, we know that it's quite a peculiar vacancy, but we know that this is the way for us to put our money where our mouth is and show our dog owners that plant-based dog food can improve their dog's stool, general health, and digestive health. The proof is in the poop, and if you consider yourself to be the Jillian McKeith of the dog world, then apply now. What? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jillian McKeith. Uh, the novel plant-based job vacancy for the candidate and their foul and their four-legged friend comes from Omni's vision of helping dogs live healthy lives while slowing the carbon paw print on the planet by introducing meat-free or flexitarian diets. Twenty five hundred pounds a month. I mean, that's got to be like what four thousand dollars, more or less. Yeah, I'd do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, you go out of the dog park, putting on your little glove, yeah. scooping up the shit, and then being like, I mean, you're already doing that basically anyway. Like when you pick it up with the bag, smell it. it smells. You you can't help it. So you just need your notebook. Yeah, notepad, yeah. and. uh... <laughs> Don't a lot of people say that, like, when they switch to a plant-based diet, like, their farts get, like, really, really bad? I bet. I can see that. Well, I know some of them are definitely, like, they make you gassy, like the cauliflower and broccoli and stuff. (laughs) But also, I guess they have a lot of sulfur, so yeah, you probably are volume and stench. I don't know. Hmm. I bet there's some weirdos out there that just love the smell of dog shit, and they're like, "Oh, I can, I can do this and make five thousand bucks." Hell yeah! There's something par- particularly bad about dog shit. I don't know what it, it is. It is really bad. Oh, it's dog it's still farts. better than human shit. I feel like better than human shit. Yeah, I think like uh, dog shit I can stand more than human shit. Like human fart versus dog fart. Yeah, I feel like well, it depends on what the human farts like. Everybody's got different farts. Some people's farts don't stink at all. That's true. But dog farts are always, like, the worst. <laughs> yeah, I think dog shit's worse than human shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Human, humans, we eat, like, this terrible diet, and it just comes out so bad. Dude, dogs are eating all sorts of crazy shit. Well, Besides, that, they eat dog food that we feed them, which is terrible to begin with. Well, it's healthier, though, right? It's like pa- uh, Part of me wonders if dogs should be fed dog food or not. They probably hate it. <laughs> like, you don't even know what the fuck's in there. It's well, always their last resort. They'll eat everything else it, first. Yeah, that's what Pepsi's like, anyway. <laughs> like, that's, uh, that's the dog that we used to have that now, like, their family has. And, uh, yeah, she would only eat human food. And, I, and from what I hear, she loves sauerkraut. That's what my dad says. Yeah, yeah she'll, she'll eat, like, people food sometimes and then just treats. Yeah. And the dog food will just sit there. Unless another dog visits. <laughs> then she will eat it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm she eat doesn't this. really You're not going to get this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't like dog food. Mm. She's very picky. The thing that is uh, like frustrating about her 
is like some sometimes you'll feed her like you know people food and then like the next day you'll try to feed her the same thing and she won't oh, eat yeah. it and i'm like what the fuck be <laughs> consistent <laughs> it'll be good people food like eggs yeah and stuff. yeah stuff you'd think she would eat again but yeah. what would piss me off with her is she'd sit there and beg and beg and beg and you'd be like no 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 <laughs> beg 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 you finally give her something like she'd lick it and be like, nah, thanks. Yeah. And I'd be like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You got to really think twice about giving her food because she, she just might not eat it at all. So might be wasted on her. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she wouldn't like sniff it and leave it for you. She, she like, she'd touch it. <laughs> yeah. You ruined it. <laughs> Do we dare venture into manifesto round one? Oh. New York City suspect who hit Asian man with a hammer, 47 prior arrests, threatens killing spree when she is released. Uh, I think believe her when she says that. Right. So this is actually Christian Jeffers, so it's a trans woman. Mm. But uh, yeah, apparently just was like being crazy and, you know, going going off on people on like the subway. And then just like she turned turned on this guy and accused her of of like bumping into her, like not watching where he was going or something, and just hits him with a hammer. But yeah, forty-seven arrests, and let's uh, let's go through this list of things. Wait, how do you get arrested that many times and it like it doesn't right. stick? And you're yeah. on the streets. But uh, well, they weren't all hammer assaults. But uh, <laughs> hammer time. Yeah. Oh, uh, so in June she completed a six-year prison sentence for robbery. Oh well, that was an extensive sentence, I guess. Right. Mm. So that's pretty. Good. Big. Um, dang it. I thought I had this. Where was it? I had the rap sheet on here somewhere, but it was like prostitution, breaking, entering, you know. Man. Just a little bit of everything. <laughs> How do you get 46, 47 crimes in your life? It yeah. just seem like a heavy amount. Oh, yeah. Drug possession, larceny, prostitution, public lewdness, theft of service. Mm. Not good at crime. Yeah. <laughs> I, getting caught for theft of service is... Uh, that's pretty. That's a good one, right? Is it like a dine and dash kind of situation? <laughs> Possibly. Um, <laughs> you can technically have it if you like throw your trash in somebody else's trash can they're paying for. Oh wow! <laughs> That'd be a horrible <laughs> thing to get arrested for. <laughs> yeah. What are you in for? Uh, <laughs> you know the old theft of service. I was chronically using my neighbor's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> They don't even fill it up all the way. I don't know what their fucking problem was. Mm. <laughs> Let me ask this. Like, what's this? Is this because of the media? Or is there, like, an actual thing in society where, like, black people don't like Asian people? I don't know. Is it kind of, like, on... trending in the media? Or is it just, like, they, they highlight these crimes for fun? I can't tell. I, on TikTok, I see a disproportionate amount of this. I don't know, like, why that is. But I, I definitely do see a disproportionate amount of black people committing crimes. Like, I wouldn't even understand where it comes from. Yeah, I don't know where that would come from either. I mean, I did hear some somebody explain it one time, like, that it might come from, like, uh, one minority kind of being put on a pedestal compared to another one. So, like, they're... They don't want to be the lesser minority? Yeah, so they're like, you know... They're like, hey, we've been here this long and we've been treated this way and these guys just got here and they're getting, like... You know, this and that, like, just beneficial treatment. I mean, Asians don't have the the best uh, treatment on no, in history. Not the best, but I mean, like, you know, for, for them, like, compared to them, they feel like it is. Though. Uh, well, <clears throat> also, like, chi- the Chinese are racist against black people. So where does that come from? No. Yeah, that. Well, maybe the Chinese come over here and then. <laughs> I don't know. 
they just they they drink the Kool Aid when it comes to like stereotypes about black people. Like you know they they live here and they hear everything that's said about black people and they believe it too. You know, just like Republicans oh, and everything. So maybe there's like racism and it's just like uh, they just started getting animosity towards each other. Yeah, I remember hearing like like the most un. I don't remember which one it was. It was uh, I read this article about like the most unpopular like um, uh, porn like pairings, and it was like. I think I want to say it was like a black man and a Asian woman. It might have been an Asian man and a black woman. It, it was one of those combos though, where they're like, "This is the, <laughs> this is the mm. most like unpopular like interracial porn or something." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the reasoning was. Mm. Unless it's like Asian porn, you don't really see like Asian like porn stars though. Not ma- not male. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, you probably do like in Asia. It's probably like popular ones. Yeah. Or something. They got their own like Ron Jeremy and stuff. But you would think even in America there'd be like one famous Asian male porn star. Yeah, Maybe. not famous. I haven't seen well, a I, famous I don't, one. I don't think there's like that ma- many like male porn stars in general because it's like twelve guys with like fourteen inch dicks <laughs> yeah. and they just do like all the work. I mean, the yeah. the women are definitely the star of the show. Yeah, right. But there's not that many men. The men are overworked, yeah. <laughs> underpaid. <laughs> well, that's a good transition into my first story because I, I found that there's a company that offers one of the best perks I've ever heard about. You know, forget about, you know, all these companies fighting for like, you know, better pay, better hours, better work conditions. <laughs> with but this story, one, yeah. um, company offers employees masturbation breaks with wank pods and VR. <laughs> this just shows how far companies will go not to pay you. Now, <laughs> oh, how, how would you like to go in a wank pod? <laughs> oh, not very much. But uh, I'd be like, I'll just use a bathroom. <laughs> but... Uh, Okay, there's a little bit to unravel here. It's like, I understand a coffee break because you get rested, you come back, you got a little caffeine in your system, you're more efficient. I mean, it'd be like, oh, time for my wank break, and you come back and you're like, uh <laughs> But you're less stressed. I'm not going to get anything done for the rest of the day, guys. <laughs> Take a nap. <laughs> well, let's see what the reasoning here is. Uh, an open-minded company is offering its employees the opportunity to masturbate during work hours, and they've even ordered custom-built wank pods to help them out. The unusual work perk has been introduced by StripChat, an adult website and social network with 200 employees. Located within the brand Cypress office, the four high-tech pods will be kitted out with masturbatory accessories for the ultimate <laughs> VR experience, complete with an Oculus Quest VR headset and 4K LED screen to watch the X-rated films. After their construction is complete, the custom pods will appear as large black spheres with a chair inside for the user to sit back and relax in. In addition, the pods will house uh, lotion, lube, and of course, tissues. Lucky employees will get to enjoy a 30-minute break to masturbate during work hours. As the company said, it aims to provide current and attract new employees with a safe, comfortable space to rub one out. StripChat is also offering other companies the opportunity to lease out its pods for up to $50,000 for six months, including adding a VIP subscription to its platform. Fancy giving employees a new way to release tension. Uh, evidently ahead of the curve, last year the boss of an adult entertainment company offered her employees half-hour daily masturbation breaks after finding they had become agitated during lockdown. Erica Lust, 
boss of Erica Lust Films, hoped to normalize masturbation by allowing her 36 members of staff a half-hour masturbation break every day. She even set up a private masturbation station at the office. Erica said, I value... Doubt is private, dude. <laughs> Erica said, I've just come out and there's like a line of people. <laughs> Who was it this I'm time? I'm next. I'm next. Uh, I've, Erica said, I value my employees and I know uh, that when they feel good, we do good work. With the pandemic and the huge shift in how we live our lives, I began to notice that my employees had become somewhat agitated and were performing with less energy than before. So knowing that there's only one thing that will make everyone feel good, I've set up a private masturbation station for them to enjoy. And her employees were reportedly happy with the new rules, with one claiming it helped to relieve stress. Kat, who is head of communications and content at the company, said, Picture this, a team of happy employees with their creative juices flowing oh, and being productive because they had some time scheduled to make themselves feel good. A masturbation break at work can result in more focus from your employees, less aggression, more productivity, and better teamwork. I think this is a winner of an idea. Yeah, I, I mean, think I think Amazon's going to start adopting, especially <laughs> leasing out those used masturbation <laughs> pods. Like that's that's just I hope, a jackpot. <laughs> I hope they're self cleaning. I mean, <laughs> yeah. How do, how do I, <laughs> I don't get? What <laughs> I'm just imagining like all the walls just like running <laughs> yeah. with cum. So. <laughs> And this uh, this other company with their quote unquote masturbation station, they didn't say what theirs was. I feel like it's just like a, a stall <laughs> with like <laughs> like porn on the wall or something, <laughs> a hole drill, <laughs> a glory hole. Or something. Yeah, this just I would be I feel embarrassed and disgusted. <laughs> The yeah. thing is, like, there's probably like some poor son of a bitch who can't get like away from people, so he's like in there eating his lunch. <laughs> it's like this is the only time I get to myself. His dick's getting whipped out. <laughs> and also, these people are like, you know what helps me masturbate? When everybody knows I'm doing it. Yeah. I mean, I'd be embarrassed to work for that company if that's like their big selling point. Like, hey, this company lets their employees jerk off. You tell people that you work there, and they're going to be like, oh, you jerk off at work, huh? <laughs> yeah. How would you cope with that if you didn't know and they just broke that out in the uh, interview? <laughs> and one of the perks working here. Oh, that's great to know. (laughs) (laughs) And also, like, if you were jerking off with a VR unit on on your head, would you feel like like somebody was watching you? (laughs) Or that's probably what they're doing. They're probably taping all these people and then selling their masturbation tapes to get more money on the side. (laughs) I mean, so we're counting on every person who masturbates to like clean their hands before they touch their. VR unit and take everything off. Everybody in, in the back. company gets pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> guy, you walk in, the guys have a VR and like a controller in each hand, and these <laughs> <laughs> they all have like herpes breakouts at the same time in the company. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we don't got COVID, but uh, we got everything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I read that and I'm like, wow, this. Uh, <laughs> Like, I, I can't find a space where I think this is a good idea. No, that sounds like sexual harassment is waiting to happen, right? I don't know. Like, hey, you heading to that masturbation pod? Well, if all these guys are masturbating, maybe they will sexual, sexually harass less because they're like, oh, I don't need it. Now. That's true, yeah. <laughs> I masturbated this morning. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are like, I'm busy. I got to combine my lunch and masturbation. 
you know, eat and jerk off at the same time. <laughs> They're like, you can do one or the other. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I think people are going to start uh, creating unions just to get this, this benefit. We, we demand these pods. <laughs> $50,000 for six months as well. Yeah, what are these pods, man? I know. <laughs> are they doing half the work for you? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's confusing. Like uh, a spherical vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're going to get $50,000 worth of uh, productivity out of this thing? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe they're also like uh, selling all the sperm to a sperm bank. <laughs> oh, yeah. They could be doing some sort of DNA research and stuff with that shit. Maybe like, uh, what do you call that? Stem cells stuff. <laughs> well, that's like if you have like a pregnant, right? Like a fetus or something. Oh, I don't know where your space is. <laughs> also, also, also the, they didn't give like the breakdown of like men and women at this company. Like, are, I wonder if the women are using these stations. <laughs> it's hard to imagine that. <laughs> It is. <laughs> but I like to think. <laughs> All right, let's move on. AJ, what do you got for story number two? All right. Destination wedding. Couple is couple in India marries as avatars in the metaverse. Oh, boy. Indian couple gets married as avatars. A couple in India didn't have to worry about lockdowns or capacity limits or social distancing because they opted for a digital wedding. Uh, Dinesh Sivakumar Padma. Padmavati, 25, and Janag... Oh, man. Janaganandini... Wait, this is supposed to be your area of expertise. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's like a big continent, really. <laughs> Very different. Vast country. Um, Ramaswamy were married virtually as avatars. Uh, Padmavati told Jam Press he saw a YouTube clip about the metaverse and thought it would be really the ideal setting for his and Ramaswamy's nuptials and the perfect gift for his bride-to-be. I've been into crypto and blockchain technology, and since blockchain is the basic technology of the metaverse, when my wedding was fixed, I thought of having a reception in the metaverse, he explained. He pitched the idea to his fiancée, adding that it would be an emotional moment for both, uh, both of their families, and she was game. The metaverse marriage allowed for Padmavati's late father, who passed away in 2021, to be incorporated into their big day. The couple even created a special avatar of him to greet guests. Uh, due to the vir- virtual nature, the wedding set in Tamil Nadu, India, allowed more than 3,000 guests from all over the world to join in on their celebration. They were able to choose a, choose a generic avatar, add their names, and navigate the event using their devices, and were able to shake hands and interact with others at the February 6th reception. The wedding is believed to be India's first marriage in the metaverse, and served as part of a project conducted at the Indian Institute of Technology in Madras in Chennai. It's indeed a special feeling for us, said Padmavati. It's unique, and we're delighted to go ahead. All right, this this story put it in like a positive light, but I'd like to put it in more of a negative light. <laughs> also, the plot to Avatar 2 sounds shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, look, it's nice that they were able to incorporate her, like, dead father, and, you know, people were able to travel from all over, but... This just seems like some metaverse company making an advertisement for the metaverse and how great it is. <laughs> Part of me is just thinking, like, I really hate weddings, but now 
I have no excuse to not be there. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, at the but same it's time, easy to leave. Yeah. <laughs> now you're on your now you're in your house, just going to the wedding. You just have it like you randomly move the guy around once in a while. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, I'm here," and you're really at home getting shit faced, pretending <laughs> to get shit faced at the wedding. <laughs> and then you switch it to, to that, porn, and you're like, "Back to work." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hard not to like just be a troll. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. <laughs> just yeah. troll their wedding. Well, I mean, these are people that they knew. I guess somebody could even just even even then. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I try to make an avatar that looked like my fat cousin or something. <laughs> <laughs> you're just teabagging everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're like hitting on everybody in the family, getting dirt. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I feel like I would hate the metaverse. Yeah, I, I'm so against it. Like, I just don't trust. Maybe the, they'll find a way to make it fun. It doesn't sound fun. It just seems like a waste of money. Can you imagine, like, how many like pro- you're gonna start seeing weddings of, like people and like different countries and shit and then like 10 years later they're gonna be like you catfished me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know Uh, you had my virtual baby (laughs) there's even like i don't know if this is like serious serious but it's like cases of sexual assault in the metaverse some woman, yeah, some woman said like somebody like touched her boobs or something. Yeah, she she said it, she was essayed in the metaverse. But I mean, which if you can't do that, why are you even playing? <laughs> my virtual ass. <laughs> Stop staring at my virtual tits. My my virtual eyes are up here. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe we maybe we should get it on on the ground floor and make like a metaverse like dating the first metaverse dating app. A metaverse for horrible humans. Mm. They run around, hit people in the head with a hammer. They can't hurt anybody in the metaverse. Mm. <laughs> Get out your racial tensions in the metaverse. <laughs> it can only lead to good, I say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to fast forward to the Matrix, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we venture into Manifesto round two? So not like a Kardashian man myself, but uh, this is just a, a kind of like a strange side note. So like Kanye and Kim broke up. And then he starts dating a Kim Kardashian lookalike. Yeah, I heard about that. Now, this is strange behavior. I mean, he's known for having weird behavior, but uh, I don't know. I haven't been following this, but like, isn't there another thing where like she started dating that Pete Davidson guy, and now like Kanye and him are like have some weird feud going yeah, on? Yeah. yeah. Didn't he? Re- he released was it a music video or something where he like says how he's gonna kill him or something random. Yeah, something about Pete Davidson in there. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's also dating uh, Julia Fox, I think, the porn star. Classic. I'm not familiar with her work, but I'll have to look. It up. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, somebody asked her like uh, if she knows anything about being like a muse for Kanye, and she's like, "I was a muse for Josh Safferty when he made Uncut Gems." <laughs> so. I guess she was an influence on that movie. Okay. <laughs> was, was she the uncut gem? <laughs> but yeah, look into Julia Fox. <laughs> Julia Fox. She she She's the Kim Kardashian lookalike? No, that's, oh, actually, that's, a, that's a girl he met right before, I think right before Julia Fox. Cheney Jones is her name. Yeah. And she looks just like Kim Kardashian, yeah. <laughs> Hasn't Pete Davidson dated, like, a bunch of, like, famous women? Yeah, I think he dated Be- Kate Beckinsale, too. Oh, yeah, I think I heard that. And, like, and then, Ariana, uh, Ariana Grande, Grande uh, Kim Kardashian. Uh, I'm not sure. 
But I think there's more to that list. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the full list. I mean, he, he's not like a shitty looking guy, but he's not like a like a model or he's you know he's not Brad Pitt or anything. Oh, but he's like he, first of all, he's got a big dick from what the rumor is. So that okay, helps. that sells it. <laughs> <laughs> so ninety percent of together. The, yeah, <laughs> crack the case. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's also kind of like a mess, and girls kind of like that, you know? I don't know. I'm a mess. It's not helping me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on that controversy? No, no. It's just, uh, just weird. It's mm. like, I don't know. He Didn't he buy the house from across the street from her? Maybe. And he's been, like, spying on her and stuff? <laughs> Man, it's weird. I smell a new reality show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you hear about what Kim said recently? She told the uh, business women to get off their asses and start. Oh yeah, start I, did, I did see someone tweet about that, and they're like, <laughs> eye roll. You know? Yeah, it was so weird. It's like this is a like, get out there and dig a trench, bitch. It's like she's talking Have to a famous rapper getting your trench. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. How hard did she work? Exactly. <laughs> From what I remember, she was just laying there. <laughs> but. uh yeah, I mean, she's. This is a a conversation about business women. These are people who are already working. Like they're not. This isn't a conversation about potheads and what they should be doing. Like this was like, hey, what do you? What advice do you have for business women? Get off your asses and get to work. <laughs> I don't think they're. You don't. You don't call them business women if they're not doing anything. Like, <laughs> I think they're trying to do something with business, particularly. But yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like weird to call people out like that. Isn't she supposedly like studying to be a lawyer or something? Oh yeah, she she was trying to take some sort of test. I, I don't think anything happened out of that. I don't think it came to anything. Hmm. Didn't pass the bar with stunning colors. <laughs> Well, I didn't know it, but apparently, like, you you don't have to, like, take college or anything. You just have to pass the bar. So, like, a, yeah. apparently she was, like, learning from some, like, an apprenticeship type of thing. Like, learning from some lawyer she knew or something and was going to try to pass the bar. But I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if she can't pass the bar, then she is an idiot. Because, like, she has all the resources and tools to be able to do that. Like, if I had somebody who could one-on-one tutor me on how to pass the bar exam... Then I should be able to do it. You know? Probably just have to immerse yourself. It seems like it's got to be kind of on the tedious side. Yeah. But can you imagine just becoming like a lawyer, like out of self study? Oh man, I'd just go in there. I'd be like such a cunt. I because I <laughs> that's my perception of like what it takes to be a good lawyer. <laughs> he couldn't get one client because he was such a cunt. <laughs> He couldn't win one case because everybody hated him. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You're like, well, he's a cunt. That's a, that's why I, he's my lawyer. <laughs> Have you seen him in court? Wow, that guy. You're like reverse cunt. house. <laughs> you're like, you got the asshole attitude, but you suck at everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Those do make for good, like, characters, like the ones that are extremely confident but just terrible at confident. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, well, if you have to die, <clears throat> I think I found the way to go. Last summer's heat wave made Canadian male bees ejaculate to death. Um, the earth getting... Gra- How hot does it have to be? <laughs> <laughs> you know, this article will tell you. The earth getting gradually warmer has many strange and often harmful effects on plants and wildlife. But here's one phenomenon that nobody saw coming. 
<laughs> they, they, they don't actually use bells. Oh. It. <laughs> it seems last summer's heat wave in British Columbia, Canada got the local bees a bit too hot and bothered. In the summer heat, death literally came for male honeybees. We're saying that they ejaculated themselves to death. Beekeepers in British Columbia found potentially hundreds of drones, male non-stinging bees, dead around their yards and farms. Each of the small insect corpses had experienced the same gruesome death. Their genitals had exploded out of their bodies. It turns out that excessive heat can make drones spontaneously and fatally ejaculate. And that's just what the heat wave brought to Western Canada last year. Now, with such heat waves looking extremely likely, Canadian beekeeping uh, could be in jeopardy. If <laughs> My there, bees! <laughs> if there's any silver lining to all of this, at least the drones probably died very happy. I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. They probably didn't even <laughs> know it. Uh, bee man parts out. What? Emily Huckster is a beekeeper from Armstrong in uh, South Central British Columbia. Huckster? <laughs> yeah. Huckster. Uh, she told Castanet that when the temperature started soaring in June of 2021, <clears throat> she became concerned for the well-being of her bees. The buzzing huzzy... And the buzzing honey makers can't sweat, so they rely on external measures to regulate their body temperatures. To this end, she set up a burlap sack covered uh, kitty pools around her farm. She noticed that drones started flocking to the pools. That makes sense, unlike female worker bees who fly around and can at least cool off in the breeze. The males sit around the hot nest. But one morning when she came out to check on her bees, she found a scene resembling the aftermath of a massacre. Dozens, if not hundreds, of dead drones littered her yard. And they all had one thing in common. It was unbelievable. They have got all their man parts out, she said, recalling the devastation. What, she get like a magnifying glass? I know. A huckster wanted to see if these were all her drones. She began checking her 300 starter hives uh, used to rear bee queens. And sure enough, about 70% of the drones were dead and gone. That was no small loss for her business, since each hive is worth hundreds of dollars. Uh, we had incredible losses. It was really scary, huckster said. Fatal temperature, uh, but after she got over the initial shock, another thought crept into Huckster's mind. Why on earth were most of the drones busting fatal nuts all at the same time? We want to believe that her first action was to check if there was a particularly luscious bee queen buzzing about. After she didn't find one, she decided to contact a bee expert. Huckster got in touch with Allison McAfee, a researcher at the University of British Columbia, who had studied bees and their responses to heat. McAfee had some distressing news for Huckster. Apparently, at about 104 degrees Fahrenheit, heat begins to hinder bees' ability to reproduce. But when the ambient temperature passes 107 degrees, it has the opposite of drones. Namely, they run the risk of randomly splooging their guts out. Huckster started putting two and two together in the summer of 2021. The mercury reached 120 degrees in many parts of the Canadian province. Uh, that's way past the fatal ejaculation temperature for drones. Uh, deadly organisms aren't anything common for bees, mind you. In fact, the life of every male bee that gets to mate ends up with an explosive orgasm. But the problem for Huckster was that her drones were blowing their loads before they ever got to a queen. You can no doubt understand why that would be bad for her business. To try and combat the dangerous temperatures, Huckster and other Canadian beekeepers have started to try different methods to cool their hives down. These include installing two-inch thick polystyrene, or polystyrene insulation panels on hive ceilings and providing a steady drip of sugar syrup. These methods have had varying results. The insulation panels seem more effective 
as experiments run by Huxton and McAfee showed that the, uh, they reduced hive temperatures by roughly 7 degrees. However, that may not be enough to protect the bees from the kinds of extreme temperatures we saw last summer. If the heat rises to 120, even that 7 degree drop won't save the drones. And there's the issue. According to researchers, current climate trends make that kind of heat 150 times more likely than in the past. Canadian beekeepers may have to start investigating the air-conditioned hives. That is, if they want to stop their drones from nutting to death. I mean, part of me is curious about that nut. <laughs> Maybe if I could experience just a tenth of it, you know. <laughs> There's bee cum all over. They had to have ejaculated today. How do you think they make honey nut cheerios? <laughs> <laughs> that poor bee, he's smiling on the box. <laughs> One gram of sugar and how many dead bee orgasms. He's like the Uncle Tom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's weird though, because apparently, even when they mate correctly, like it kills them. Yeah. But, like, it's weird that the high temperatures would just make them, like, spontaneously do it. Oh, did it say it got to over 107 in Canada? Uh, British Columbia? Yeah, I think so. I think it was even hotter than. Well, remember, we had that day last summer here where it got to 117 yeah it got fucking hot as shit oh yeah they said uh it reached 120 degrees in that canadian province i mean look i don't know a lot about global warming but so like if if it's getting hot in this in this area then it must be getting really hot towards the equator right (laughs) you would think so but also there's like parts of the earth that have less ozone layer protection oh. as well. So I think that creates differences as well. Okay. All right. Then, yeah. I don't know. But you, I mean, you, I would, would, you would think that naturally. Yeah. I would think like there'd be less livable land, right? Like you'd have to move north to find like livable area if it's so hot. I mean, I think the further you get from. More south. Yeah. The further you get from the equator, I would say the. You know, you're going to get more regular cooler temperatures. Mm. But I don't know, like, the weird conditions that causes these, like, heat spikes in certain areas, you know. Because, yeah. uh, like, even... Because, like, Portland's not a place that typically gets insane heat, but last summer it certainly did. Yeah. But, I mean, I, in Texas, the last few years, it's been getting cold in the winter, so I don't know what the summers have been like. They might be really hot still, but when I lived there... They were unbearable, you know. So I mean, like, if it's if it's getting hotter there, then I don't know how people are gonna make do there. Like, it's it's bad. I mean, it really is gonna get to the point where, like, if you live in those places, like having uh, working air conditioning is not just like uh, a luxury; it's needed for survival. Oh yeah, already is. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I mean, we don't have air conditioning here and i gotta tell you that day it got up to 117 fuck that was miserable yeah yeah that was insane we even went to like the mall for (laughs) a little bit just to get some like air conditioning there and even there it was still hot Mm. like better than here but fuck our last place uh didn't have a central air so uh now the place that we live in now does have central air but back then we had to keep the windows open and turn the fans you know and uh, luckily, the place that we were in was kind of cooler, just naturally. But yeah, when it got to like over a hundred on those days, it was like it was tough. Yeah, I mean, 
that's one thing like where we're from in Montana, like, you know, obviously every place is going to have a, a working heater because you need that. But like the summers get fucking hot there too. And a lot of places like where we live didn't have central air mm. and you just lay yeah, roasted to fucking death in the summertime. It sucked. Yeah. It's tough. Well, AJ, you got another story for us? Yeah. Let's see what we got here. What do I want to talk about now? All right. Let's go with this. Um, Pakistani officials are hunting a sorcerer who, uh, that's quote, sorcerer, who apparently hammered a nail in the head of a pregnant woman, narrowly missing her brain. The faith healer's bizarre actions appear to have been part of an effort to guarantee the mother had a baby boy. The doctor made the remarkable claim on Wednesday as an image emerged of an x-ray showing a nail sticking out of the woman's forehead. Faith healers who question, whose questionable practices are rooted in mystic Sufi lore are common across Pakistan, despite the disapproval of many, including some schools of Islam. In South Asia, a son is widely believed to offer better financial security to parents than daughters. The woman arrived at a hospital in northwestern city of Peshawar after trying to extract the nail herself with pliers, said Dr. Haider Khan. Uh, she was fully conscious, but it w- but was in immense pain. She, uh, Dr. Khan, who removed the object, explained, uh, the nail missed the woman's brain. The mother of three said she was pregnant with another girl, the doctor added. Uh, an x-ray showed the five centimeter or two inch nail had pierced the top of the woman's forehead, but did not hit her brain. Uh, Dr. Khan said the hammer or said a hammer or another heavy object had been used to knock it in. The woman had initially told hospital staff that she had hammered the nail into her head herself on the faith healer's advice, but later said she had performed but later said he had performed the act. Peshawar police are trying to track down the victim in an attempt to find the dealer. Uh, City Police Chief Abbas Hassan said we have collected CCTV footage from the hospital and hope to reach the woman soon. We will lay our hands on the sorcerer. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's terrible, but (laughs) trying to catch a sorcerer is kind of funny. (laughs) Gotta have faith. (laughs) I mean, God, how stupid can you be? Part of me is like, these are the people who have a lot of kids. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) Yeah, the stupidest people have to have a million fucking kids. That's true. Also, this guy, like, what kind of like, what kind of confidence must you project to to get someone to be like, yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead and nail that nail into my head. I, I'm amazed it's by the s- confident guy that's bad at his job. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> like you would think that you, you are you the doctor here? Are you the wizard? <laughs> I would think that this guy who nailed this woman's head would live a life of being in a negative feedback loop. Right, if he's always doing yeah. stupid stuff, and he would lose the confidence to do stupid stuff, right? If After it, some if he, time, if he didn't have enough like stupid people like buying into it, <laughs> I mean, are there that many stupid people that they like? Where do you? I don't know. I, there's a lot of questions, <laughs> a lot of painful. <laughs> I mean, the first thing it comes down to is just lack of education. Yeah, you know, so like common sense things that you know th- that's lost on some people because they just don't know the basics. And then secondly, this guy must have been persuasive. <laughs> Maybe this woman has a dumb friend with like a huge scar on her head and she's like, how'd you get that? Well, I'll tell you, but the important thing to note is that I have a, a, my son over here. <laughs> yeah. Notice how I got nothing but boys? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's terrible. I mean, this is just... Uh 
this is how you get people to sign up for like you know dangerous stuff or dangerous work you know you're like hey we're gonna pay you lots of money come to this country and work and then you take their passports and they're stupid <laughs> can you imagine having enough enough faith in somebody to be like oh yeah i'll let you pound a nail into my skull yeah yeah no I just I mean, can't end poorly but people do that like they they put all their faith in one person because they don't want to like you know deal with it themselves or maybe they don't want to deal with the reality of not having that thing that they really want i don't know oh i don't know well it looks like we got time enough for one more story do you got a good one for us to go out on there mr manifesto let's end with this wisconsin woman put dismembered victim's head in bucket after meth-fueled sex acts i think i maybe heard something about this so yeah apparently uh this chick and this dude they smoked up a bunch of meth and like they're having sex but they both had like choking collars and stuff and so at some point like she choked him to death and then like decided to dismember him which she said she tested a bunch of knives and uh the best one was the bread knife so if you ever kill anybody the bread knife but uh yeah she dismembers this guy she puts his head in a bucket she like puts his like different arms and pieces like different places all throughout this house and then later is like a house member found the head in the bucket. And I was like, wait, pe- people, other people live in this house? And I was like, and she's like, oh, they'll never find all the organs. And there's like a bunch of stuff in the basement. I was like, what Jeez. the fuck? Meth heads are like having a pet lion. You never know when it's going to turn on you and just devour you. It's just like, yeah, what the fuck is going on? Mm. Now, I did hear this story, but the, the version I heard put a t- another twist on it that's not mentioned in your article which maybe it's just bullshit but i remember because i think i heard somebody say it on another podcast talk about this story they said she like cut off his penis like i don't know if she put it in his mouth or something she called him a dickhead oh and she put the penis like on his head or something maybe that part's bullshit because you didn't possible sounds like a comment (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's what it was but no whoever related on like this podcast i was listening to said it was like legit (laughs) that's a long way to go for that joke (laughs) she's like it was worth it (laughs) (laughs) she cut off all his limbs (laughs) she really committed (laughs) i know (laughs) she just to call him a dickhead. <laughs> you ever think that, like, if you're on your deathbed, maybe just meth? <laughs> Not meth. I try cocaine. Cocaine's supposed to be the happy drug. Yeah, but I mean, meth is a super happy drug. Is it? Oh. Yeah, you feel like invincible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I, something about meth just isn't appealing. <laughs> just the way people look when they're on it. I've heard like people, some people say that like if they could guarantee they wouldn't die and wouldn't become addicted, they would try heroin because it, they figure it's gotta be just like an incredible high. Well, aren't, aren't don't you just like lay around? Like, you take, you know, it just knocks you out, right? I mean, it must make you feel good. Well, I mean, you're on your deathbed. You probably you probably can try some different stuff. Get some hardcore experimentation in before the end. <laughs> well, you probably are doing like morphine, right? Like, yeah, morphine's a derivative. Yeah. yeah. Like is is what's what's the better high? Do we know heroin compared to opioids compared to? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, considering as addictive as it is, I think meth has got to be because people take like meth one time they're addicted. 
Okay, it's not like a price thing, is it? Like meth is more affordable, so more people can get it. I think, yeah, I think I think it's fairly affordable. Most of those drugs that are on the street are, I think, fairly affordable. Okay. Meth, though, like people who get hooked on it, look so shitty that I would yeah. think that would drive people away. Well, it seems like people like they'll look normal for a couple years, and then it starts like really racking up on them really getting the meth mouth and like the, yeah. and the scabs yeah i've seen people on the streets with like those scabby faces and i'm like oh that's not good i know like um back uh where i'm from my boss like she, she owned a, uh, at one time owned two different like h&r block franchises one in, in libby and then one in um bonners ferry idaho and she said over in that Idaho office, she would get people in there all the time that were meth addicts. Huh. I'm not sure why. But. I don't know. There's some little towns and like places you wouldn't expect in the Midwest where they just have gigantic drug problems. Oh, yeah. A lot of small town problems. Or small towns have like opioid problems yeah, for sure. Yeah, and meth. I, I mean, meth is just one of those things that like people can make it so easily out of you know, garbage. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much you just have to have the... Uh, Sudafed or whatever. Sudafed, yeah. I think Indiana is the meth capital, but there's a ton of meth here in Oregon too. Oh yeah, I think it's pretty much everywhere. It's yeah. pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen some people so far out of it. It's like this has to be, has to be like meth fueled bender or something. Hmm. Well, I'm sure everybody's on a high after <laughs> listening to this show. <laughs> if you know which drug's the best, <laughs> let, let us, us know. know. <laughs> and if you can get mushrooms in Portland, let me know. <laughs> I saw a billboard one day where they were like, like they can't sell the mushrooms, but apparently they can sell the spores. And they're like, come here, get your spores. And you keep, so yeah, apparently that part's legal. And what, you just grow your own then? Yeah, or? then you just, I don't know. How I'm guessing you don't have to be like a farmer, but yeah, you just go grow your own. Oh, I didn't know you could buy your own spores for magic mushrooms. Yeah, apparently. But if you get caught growing them, is that illegal? Yeah, probably. Oh, so are they going to like watch you in the mail and stuff and be like, all right, this guy ordered from there and it's going to grow? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know how well-regulated mushrooms are. Just sign up for one because of those drug like, trials. <laughs> apparently, like the uh, one of the mass, like the magic mushrooms, is like local to to here. So, like you can go out in the woods and find them. But don't they have to be in like cow patties or something? Like where is? I think that's one like notorious grow place. But I, I think they actually grow in the wild too. Oh, okay. But then you'll actually get one that looks just like it, but it's like incredibly poisonous or something. <laughs> yeah, you have to know your mushrooms. Man, they, yeah. Some are very dangerous. Now, apparently some are much more psychoactive than like the common ones. So I don't know. Mm. Well, if you know your mushrooms, comment on our video below and let AJ know. Um, also, subscribe both to the YouTube feed and on your podcast service of choice. Let all your friends know about us. Um, share our clips on social media, Twitter, and everything like that. And uh, speaking of Twitter, guys, where can people find you on Twitter? I am at a name for this too, and that's number two. At unsolicited sug, and you can of course find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z A C H J O N E S L I V E, and that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Have a good one.